Hey, everybody, welcome back to Bikes and Big Ideas on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. And once again, we are broadcasting this episode from our home here in the Gunnison Valley of Colorado. And you should start making plans to come ride on our vast network of trails here in Gunnison and Crested Butte. Okay, we have got a really good and a really fun episode for you today because our guest is Sage Catabriga Alosa. Now, Sage happens to be one of the best big line skiers of all time, but he is definitely not some one trick pony. Sage is also a very good bike rider and his passion for mountain biking is right up there with his passion for skiing. Now, it's already well documented just how good Sage is at talking about skiing, and you should definitely check out episode number 41 of our Blister podcast to hear our conversation with Sage, where he basically provides a masterclass on skiing Alaskan spines. And so given that, I've been thinking for a while now that it would be really fun to get Sage on to talk about biking, and it turns out, He's really good at doing that, too. So even if you've never skied before, I think you're going to really enjoy hearing about how Sage thinks about the similarities of skiing and mountain biking, hearing his stories about riding lines in Virgin, Utah back in and around 2004, what it's like to go out riding with Cam McCall, what aspect of mountain biking Sage is most focused on improving, and more. And if you haven't seen it already, you should definitely check out the film Balance to watch Sage both ski and bike and to see him getting in some riding time with Cam. So we'll include a link to Balance in the show notes of this episode. Speaking of which, today's episode is presented by Survivor and their Survivor Endurance phone case for the iPhone 12. Our managing editor, Lou Kappa, and I have both been using the Survivor Endurance case for a while now, and we really like that it is a lightweight and pretty slim case that still offers solid protection for those inevitable crashes or phone drops that we all eventually have. You can see the Survivor Endurance case and read more about my own experience using it on the Blister website, and we'll include links to that right up and to the Survivor Endurance product page at verizon.com. So check it out and then go protect that fancy new phone of yours. And now let's go ahead and get to my conversation with Sage. Here we go. Well, Sage, how are you tonight and where are you tonight? Sweet. Yeah, things are good. I'm, I'm doing great and I'm in Bend, Oregon. I'm in my home. You know, I was just looking up before we got on the call. The last time we recorded a conversation, I also was at your home in Bend and I had to like look up when was this? And it is crazy to me that this was like May 2017. So I am officially one of those people who has lost complete track of time. And I don't know what to say about this. Yeah, I guess you've caught up to me then because I think I lost track quite a while ago. <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. we, we had twins in 2016. So since 2016, life has been moving at an incredible rate. Well, I am 
excited to have this conversation because I hit you up specifically about this because it's been something that I've been sort of thinking through and I guess working through. While there is certainly a lot of bad stuff going on in the world, I do have to confess, I personally got to enjoy a really great summer of riding bikes. And it's been real weird here because, you know, a few weeks ago, it was time to transition over to skiing. And it felt like the weirdest thing in the world for some reason this year to be getting onto skis. And I started thinking a bit about these transitions going from, you know, bike season to ski season or ski season to bike season. And then I was like, you know, there's a guy out there who does this at a really high level. And I should talk to him about this whole transitioning between the two. And I thought it would just be fun to, you know, get to talk some bikes with you since, you know, the last time we recorded a conversation, we were primarily talking about spine skiing in Alaska. Yeah. So I thought we're overdue for a bike conversation. Yeah, perfect. Well, it's great too, because I love talking about biking. So, <laughs> um, you know, I think a key to it partly is like, where, you know, like you asked, where am I? Uh, living here in Bend is kind of a, a, a key part of that for me. Um, because there's skiing and there's snowboarding and there's mountains and it's awesome for that, but it's also not like the only thing and just the separation of elevation the way, like we don't have like a mountain range, like the Tetons. That's just this wall of mountains. Like we have this, you know, the, our wall of mountains are these like satellite dish, like sort of like spaceships that stick up into the sky, you know, from, from ground level. So it's like the mountains have a totally different environment than down in bend and which is sometimes awesome. And sometimes not, you know, it's like, we don't have any snow on the ground right now, which is like the middle of December. I kind of like to have snow on the ground right now. The plus side is that on days like that, you can go biking quite a bit and it's not every year and it's not every day. And it's often, you know, months in the winter where you couldn't go biking. But the fact that, I mean, I just biked today and, uh, two days ago it was like, you know, as well. Um, and last winter for me, it was like, I didn't go more than two weeks without biking and biking like changes for me in the winter, like what it is kind of, um, like in the summer, like, like you said, for me as well, not going anywhere, not traveling anywhere and having just this like total change of a year where you're just kind of at home. I did a lot of biking and, you know, in my re you know, relative region, which is like within driving an hour to an hour and 15 minutes kind of is about my max, you know, maybe, yeah, I think an hour, just under two hours is like Oak Ridge. So, and I did one trip over there. So I, I definitely like, like to kind of in the summer, it's all about that kind of the, the, the little regional travel, uh, checking out all the different trails and the kind of that, that changes throughout the, the summer. At first you're like waiting for trails to melt out. You can't really get into the high country. Eventually it does. And you're like, Oh, that's where the good dirt is. And then eventually you can only be in the high country cause it's so hot down low kind of thing. Um, and so I like that, how that changes. And then in the winter, I basically five minutes from my house there's some sick winter riding It's South facing it's Klein Buttes. It's a South facing like couple runs and there's some kind of cross country trails that loop around. So if there's not snow, especially not on the North sides, you can kind of ride the whole mountain. Then there's a, there's a trail that goes, it's like 800 feet or there's a road that goes to the top. So you can like a dirt road, you can pedal up. So 
you know, kind of depending on the situation, you can definitely get some biking in it. It's just right there. So it's kind of more like an exercise bike to me in the winter. You know, and that's the way I look at it. It's like, I can go bike, but it's really just like my down day activity. It's the days that I don't go skiing. I can jump on the bike. I can get a little exercise. It's maybe only an hour, an hour and a half. It's not like those hammers that you do in the summer, but still it's like kind of just keeping an exercise and, you know, and if I went three, four months without biking and that's just means the skiing was good that whole time. And that would be fine too. Um, you know, I, I think one of the things I like about the changeover, like you're saying, it's, it's the, you know, the perspective shift for me, it's like, they're different. They're, they're very different sports, but they're also so similar in a bunch of ways. I remember, I mean, I've started biking again. Like I biked when I was a kid, I kind of like lost touch with it for a little bit when I was in college. And then I started doing it again. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe how much I love this. And, And then I realized like, Oh, wait a minute. I'm like, catching air, ripping around in the woods with my friends, like having a great time. Like, Oh, this is just like skiing. And then and now I just say, it's like the only difference between skiing is like, turn your wrists, you know, turn your wrists flat and your bike and turn your wrists down and you're skiing. Your body position is the same. You're your, you know, the way you're reading terrain and adjusting your angulation and your hips. It's like almost all the same. So there's a lot of similarity, but on a bike you're on a trail like you have this set path essentially where you can go and on skis you have like you know like i say it's like a, a skis are like a, a skate park like smooth but you know like moto speeds and mountain landscape it's like this totally unique thing so i sort of just get like you know right in a bike mode like you said it's almost sometimes hard to transition but that's okay i sort of like it when it's just like bike 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 and then all of a sudden you'll know when the switch has been flipped and that was this year we we were just biking one day and kind of skiing the next and and it's I kind of need that because it's like you almost forget how good the other thing is until you go do it. <laughs> if there was a lot of in between time, you might not care anymore. But <laughs> when it just flips and you're like, oh, I'm going skiing. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, dang, this is cool. Like, wow. <laughs> I, w- I have to confess that I remember my my very first ski run this year this year was riding chairlifts here in crested butte so there was no touring yet for me and i was in line about to get on the chairlift for the first time and i i was i think i was with our managing editor luke coppa and i was just like man i don't know i think i think i just i think mountain biking is my first love now and he's just like shut up dude like you're you just you've forgotten kind of a thing and i was like i don't i really don't know and and then like you know now we've been skiing and it's been really fun to be skiing again though i have to say it's been i don't know 3 or 4 weeks now and i think it is as close to a dead tie for me <laughs> as it's ever been in my life <laughs> so, yeah. i i don't know where are you at these days do you still have like a clear one versus two or is it getting confused or yeah what? i'm kind of like you man i'm sort of in like i'm like oh man i don't know i really like biking <laughs> and then but i got like so adam craig one of my closest homies uh professional mountain biker olympian you know legendary giant rider um 
he uh, is also a ski homie and he loves skiing. And so there were this like this perfect, you know, kind of match because he's a pro biker who loves skiing and I'm a pro skier who loves biking, you know, kind of thing. And so uh, he, he has like some good perspective because like for him, skiing is his like his extra, his side, you know, passion. And so I'm always like, dude, I don't know. I, I think I like biking more. And he's like, no, man, skiing's the shit. You know, he's like, it's it's good. And then it was like a couple of days ago, we were in the mountains. And I like look over to him. I'm like, all right, man. Yeah, you're right. This is pretty rad. Like, <laughs> So I, I think it's just a matter of just like where you're at. And I, I feel like I'm a, I like to be present in what I'm doing and where I'm at and and when it's kind of when it's the season to be biking, it's it's nice to be present there. And when it's the season to be skiing, it's nice to be present there. Unless the skiing's bad, and then it's sweet to be able to go biking in your backyard. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think the the biggest takeaway so far from this conversation is hopefully there is the right undertone of a whole lot of gratitude and appreciation that we get to do these yeah. different activities in some beautiful places, and they're wonderful breaks from you know like important for me, it's important therapy time, you know, on a bike or on a pair of skis to get a little bit away from the, you know, some of the everyday world or whatever. And so I, I, I like the attitude of just being present. Don't worry about which you like first or second, just be present. Yeah. Uh, it's probably about the right attitude to strike. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, I feel like that too. It's like whether that's kind of like the best part. I, I, am often struck by that. I, I have, I have kids, like my time is definitely like, you know, kind of cordoned off and a certain thing. So it's like when it's time to go, you know, get in some recreation, go exercise, go do the job I do. Um, I'm, I'm focused and kind of hyper, you know, it, you know, kind of like into it. And it's almost like I spent a lot of time not doing that, you know, and sometimes when I'm in that mode, when I'm in fam family mode or whatever, it's, it's kind of like, Oh God, I gotta like get out and get some exercise. And that's part of it for sure. Like the exercise, the, you know, what you do, what that does to your body. But often I'm like, Oh, I gotta just, I gotta get out and just get out, get a little exercise, get out. And I find that when I get out, it's like, Oh, just like sitting out under this tree for a second when I stop to take a break or, seeing that whatever that that sunrise or that like seeing that that's unexpected or um some that you're like the little, little moments in between are like oh i'm like that's all i needed like it wasn't the exercise or the action i didn't need to go huck a backflip i didn't need to go like whatever rip fast on my bike i just being out in this like environment was what what really is like fulfilling and what is you're I'm really grateful for. I don't really know the backstory here with respect to you and mountain bikes. So when did you start riding? And if it's a different answer, when did you kind of fall in love with bikes? Yeah, it's, it's been pretty parallel. I, I kind of, you know, think about as far as childhood wise. Yeah. Skiing and biking was kind of like the, that's just like, like what you do, you know, in a rural town, um, and living in, I grew up in out the Wyoming. So Grand Targhee was kind of in my backyard and there wasn't like amazing bike trails, but there was just like cow trails and hiking trails and trails around. And it was just like mountain biking's, you know, 
what you go do kind of, um, you know, I wanted to like skateboard, but there was no place to skateboard. So <laughs> started mountain biking, but, uh, it, it was really like, yeah, kind of in my twenties, like I was saying, I moved to Salt Lake. I was hanging with, um, the Collins brothers and like the kind of my early start to my career. And it was Matt Collins, uh, Chris Collins kind of like took me under his wing and sort of like brought me into the whole Utah scene on the ski wise. And I met his brother through, you know, once, once I moved to Utah and, and Matt and I really connected, uh, on, on the bikes. And it was really Matt that like, kind of like showed me the ropes there. And, uh, I started biking with him. We started going down to Southern, uh, Southern Utah to like Virgin and stuff. Um, in like the early two thousands, like right when rampage was just happening. Um, we would go down like every, uh, spring, basically we would like try to do a trip and then we'd go down like in the fall and do a trip before the winter. And, uh, you know, living in Utah was kind of close. So I started riding like the, the hiking line of rampage, like in the early two thousands, kind of, uh, like 2004 or whatever, like when, the, when basically like the, the old, old, old venue back on the, when it was on the river. Um, and there was like, so yeah, we would go and camp right there. And I went to the 04 rampage. That was the one rampage I went to. So like, yeah, so the love kind of started like, especially for, you know, my free ride skiing and freestyle skiing was kind of taken off for me at that point. And what I was seeing with like the big mountain biking was just like totally relatable, um, in some ways and then super not relatable. Cause you try to go biking and it's like, like I was saying the, the difference in skiing, it's like hilarious, you know, catching like 10 feet of air on a bike is like a massive jump. And you don't even think twice about catching 30 feet of air off of a side of a cat track on skis, you know? So I liked the perspective early on when I was like seeing this like big mountain style and seeing like these jumps going down. And so right away I was like downhill bike jumping. Like that was it. Like we would go to I street and we would ride downhill bikes. I didn't pedal, you know, it, it wasn't until like, Maybe, I don't know. It wasn't that long ago that I started pedaling. <laughs> you discovered pedals? Yeah. Totally. Just kind of recently? Well, I mean, it was like enduro bikes, you know, that's, that's like, I mean, it changed a lot of people, I think. And what I think is super sick now, another connection to skiing, like enduro bikes, especially, like I love downhill bikes and I love like what you could do on them and riding chairlifts was fun. But eventually I just got tired of like, so the only way I can ride my bike is if I have like a bunch of buddies to shuttle with and this, and this kind of became like, it's a lot to do, you know? And so it was like chairlifts or that. And, uh, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, well, I could like pedal up and kind of get like a similar experience. And, and so I forget when that kind of happened for me. And, and that was probably when it like took another level because now there was like, then you kind of get into the fitness stuff too. You start doing it and then you're like, oh, this feels pretty good. The connection to skiing, like it's so like, I like to bike, like I ski tour. Like I like to climb, 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 climb and descend, you know, and I don't care if it's like a big long where you're going to do a bunch of climbs and descents, but, um, you know, it's like, I like that ski touring style and, and I might even just go do laps, you know, like ski touring, um, like on one trail or, you know, you just, and so I just love that how it's just like, yeah, you hike, you, you, you pedal and you pedal for an hour and then you on bikes, you kind of get to rip for longer than on skis On skis. It's like you hike for an hour and you rip for like 30 seconds and the bikes it's, it's at least like a few minutes. 
see, this is one of the reasons why biking might be better than skiing. This is my point. Yeah. Yeah. So we're still trying to sort this out. One of the things about the conversation that we recorded for the Blister podcast, again, back in May 2017, I still think a lot about that conversation because I feel like I was there with Paul Forward and you kind of gave us like this master class in like spine riding in Alaska. It's one of the things I really love about what I get to do in some of these conversations. It's like, and you know, Paul Forward is the lead heli guide for CPG. And so when Paul is like, you know, Sage has probably ridden spines in AK as much as anybody else around. And so people should check out that conversation. But now thinking about that fact coupled with the fact that you were riding some of the big lines in Virgin on a bike. Same time, kind of, when I first started riding that stuff in AK. And I called the video Dirt Spinology. <laughs> that's, that's good. So, yeah. Okay, so you were, you've been practicing up on the spine thing, not, not just in AK. I, it's all coming together. Well, literally, one of my questions was for you, and, and I think I want to have you suss out for us a little more some of maybe the similarities or differences, but one of the questions that I was coming into this conversation with is to have you maybe talk a little bit about that feeling, the experience, the line reading of skiing spines in AK. And my question was going to be, is there sort of a parallel for you to that in the bike world? And now I'm like, well, is the answer just, yeah, go ride Virgin? <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I mean, it's like, I've, it's been a while since I've been back there. Uh, since I moved away from Utah, I haven't been back in, in quite some time. Um, and it's definitely like, has still has quite a bit of similarities i would say i definitely you know yeah i don't really i guess we've ridden a little bit of like some we have some free ride kind of spots like just out in the desert in the badlands kind of um around here um that that kind of get that feeling but yeah i think i guess it's kind of like yeah there's the exposure level is there um we have like, uh, in, in, uh, my, in elemental in our, my, the ski and bike movie that we made, um, there was kind of a section in there of Adam and I riding like a uh, spine kind of, that's a few hours, you know, kind of near here. And yeah, that was kind of like a little bit back in, in that kind of realm where just every move has to be pretty precise. And you're kind of like, you're definitely, there's something, the added pressure of kind of being like in exposure, um, is sort of, yeah, kind of, I don't know, it's exciting. It's also, you know, a little bit worrisome. Um, <laughs> and so trying to find that, like, but I think it's just something about that perspective. It's something about, um, I don't know, it's like being on the high wire. Um, you know, it, it's, I guess that's what, when I first started skiing spine stuff in Alaska, and it doesn't have to be like some crazy spine, either skiing or, um, biking. It's just like when you're in a cool Ridge, I can think of like, uh, some trails in Leavenworth that are 
reminiscent of this where you're just like on this ridge and you're just riding this it's not like the trail is super gnar but just the experience of being kind of in that place and being like it's almost like you're up in the sky but you're connected to the ground and you're just flying along and it's this wild experience and yeah it, it kind of is like it's a that's a high speed high wire kind of sense i guess not that i've ever done any high wire balancing or anything but it, it's sort of like that's kind of the feeling um i remember alaska there was one spine in particular that was like this crazy uh it was like the mountain stuck way out and it was almost like a flat it wasn't flat but it was this, this almost this long traverse like almost like a catwalk like uh on a on a ship or you know just this long kind of like sidewalk that you had to like go out to get to the next pitch where it opened up and was a bunch more spines and and it was such a weird feeling like I'm kind of like skiing on a sidewalk it's like almost flat downhill enough to like keep momentum but and yet it's just sheer drop off on either side. And I, I feel like, yeah, I'm up on some like skyscraper or something. And it was such a unique feeling. And I think pretty captivating too. Um, and so, yeah, I think there is some parallels in biking. I think right. Clearly like Virgin and stuff, that's a pretty easy one, but, but yeah, now I, that I don't go there very much or haven't been in a while. And like, that level of riding is is pretty gnar um I, I think i'd be psyched to go back down there and, and ride some more for sure but uh i'd be taking a little bit easier probably than when i was in my 20s but um i'm probably better rider for sure now but i'll take it easier <laughs> i was just learning things then you know but uh but yeah i think that like finding finding that where you can you know i think there's a couple trails here where you're just on cool ridges i just love that 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 kind of experience of being on ridges, I think that's pretty similar. And you've already talked about, you've said, I love that the hands, the wrists are kind of horizontal skiing. You just make them vertical. That's the difference. So you've already tried to say that you think they're real parallels in terms of some of the technique, but like, I guess I think for me, if I had to point to a similarity like really trying to dig in, like where are the similarities or what are the most profound differences between, you know, riding mountain bikes versus say skiing or snowboarding or something probably for me is just getting lost in that moment. But I'm not sure that I think so much about specific technique elements or specific line reading, but I'd be curious to hear you talk a little bit more. And again, you know, if it's like, yeah, no, they're actually pretty different, but whether you can pinpoint specific differences or specific similarities between these two activities that you are involved with. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, the kind of the, the biking I gravitate is definitely kind of the up and down. And so therefore some gravity assist. And, and I think, uh, a huge similarity to skiing is like, is your throttle is your brakes. <laughs> lack or lack thereof right like in both sports you're it's all about breaking kind of when and how you know um in skis we don't we don't push brakes you know <laughs> push brake pads in but we're push brakes in our, with our feet with the way we feather our skis and 
I move my skis in like a million different ways to adjust my speed. And, you know, so it's like a lot of feathering the brakes in all these different ways. Sometimes you're hammering. That's this like that full hockey stop, like edges in. Sometimes you're just like the lightest on the brakes. And that's like, my skis might go sideways, but I'll turn them so that they're not so edgy. They're more like faces down, you know, so you're just kind of hovering. You can do so many things. And it's also about like, when you drop in, do you like, immediately just let yourself get up to speed or do you keep yourself back, 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 back. And it depends on the terrain and skiing. A lot of times when you're in the steeps, it's like you start as slow as you possibly can, because inevitably it's this game of like the point of no return where you're letting go. And there's just no slowing down from there. It's just pointing it and making the best kind of scrubs and speed kind of moves you can biking. You don't have a lot of trails that are that steep. So we don't have to do that so much, but there's plenty of trails with steep sections where you have to be on the brakes to make a corner. Whereas if, if you're, if you're off, the, you know, you're just going to blow into the abyss or who knows. So that like the way you're maintaining your, your braking and, and the way you're maintaining your acceleration by just not pulling your brakes on the bike. Like it's fun to, yeah, you know, there's some major differences where on bike you're hitting like the kind of exact same spot every time a trail on skis. That's not exactly the case. It's kind of perpetually different. Even if you go to the literally exact same spot, the way snow creates the snow surface is always feels different. It's always changing. So there's some, yeah, some major differences there, but also like along those differences, also these parallels of just how the, on the bike, you know, yeah, you're, you're like the traction changes the same thing. It's like the same dirt, the same trail changes because, Oh, now it's frozen. Now it's wet. Now it's dry. Now it's tacky. And the way you're feathering your brakes and the moves you can make and how much you can just experiment with just not pulling those brakes and let yourself go fast. Or when you do it and when you make those scrub turns, you know, in skiing, it's like the surface is, is moving too. So I sometimes make my brake checks in relation to like the snow. Um, I'm not going to hit like this loaded pocket super hard, like on a convex roll. Like I'm not going to break super hard in the duffy berm. Like I'm going to try to like roll through and like not disturb it so much. Oh, I like this. This is good. <laughs> this is good. Question. Are you pickier about your ski gear and your ski setup or your bike setup? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm probably about the same. I'm pretty much like set it and forget it. <laughs> you're not a big tinkerer. You're not, you're not the guy constantly screwing around trying to couple clicks this way or that way. You're, it's like, let's get something that feels all right and roll with it. Yeah. I wish I knew better about my suspension adjustments. Yeah, I pretty, and well, and the thing is, is like, I go, I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I, I love listening to bike podcasts and I get like down the rabbit hole of listening to like all these world cuppers talking about their, like their settings. And then it's like awesome to listen to just like the guy at Fox talk about, like I listen to Jordy's podcast and he's like talking about the enduro guys and he's like, when you're enduro riding, you're riding all day. It's like, you pretty much just like find your setting and you just leave it. And it was like so refreshing because it was like, I start to be like, 
all of these guys talk about is their bike setup. I never adjust my suspension. Like, should I be adjusting my suspension more? Like, I need to figure this out. Like, why are they so obsessed with it? And then it's like, oh no, because the style of biking I do is set it. And for, like, I'm the type of rider that's like, I'm a feel guy. All right, this is how it feels. I'll ride it the way it feels. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I'm not too picky either way. I guess, you know, on, on ski side of things, it's like, I pretty much just ride pow skis. I don't ride anything less than 107 millimeters under waist. And that is like five times a year. Like I'm 117 to 120 or I'm going biking. And this is how we know <laughs> that you are living a charmed life. <laughs> Mostly I'm just watching my kids, but for the hour of free time that I got. (laughs) That's right. That's right. I had a question kind of about, I don't know, I guess we could most broadly call this two sport athletes, but maybe more specifically for this conversation, are there any particular kind of biker skiers, right? People who do both, love both, that you personally just particularly look up to? Yeah, well, I feel like there's a lot like what I'm realizing when I especially now that I've made like two bike ski movies, I've really started to like kind of connect to the the crossover kind of uh person and there's a lot. I feel like a lot of people that are in the same boat that are snowboarders in the winter and love to mountain bike in the summer, are skiers in the winter and love to mountain bike in the in, in the summer and I feel like it's yeah more and more. And I'm also finding out about like more and more. I mean, there's quite a few like pro skiers that are like super ripping on the bike. Like it's rad. Like, uh, Bobby Brown, for instance, badass, like mountain bike, or I mean, freestyle skier, badass on the bike. Um, (laughs) like my friend Lucas walks, like, rips on the bike mad style like it, it, it's cool how um yeah in that realm um and then i start to like look into the bike thing and about like bikers that like to ski well i'd say one of the main people that i look up to is adam my, my homie you know he's he's a huge you know, major friend and just like inspiration to as well just a great guy and um, rad dude to be in the mountains with one of my best partners skiing or biking and a guy who I kind of don't know, but, um, would love to like link up with his Finn Isles. And I, I, I hung out with his dad in Japan last year. Um, who's a, he's a guide and, uh, or he's a, he's a ski patrol and he was a ski patrol in Japan. And I happened to run it, you know, hang out with him there. And so he was like, so I was, we were talking bikes, bikes the whole time we hung out, you know? Um, <laughs> and, uh, I was like, Oh yeah, we just, yeah. It's like, we were skinning this ski touring, just talking about biking for like an hour and a half. Every, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a diehard fan. I watch all the races. I'm like, Oh yeah, that race. Oh my God. You know, like freaking out. And, uh, yeah, it turns out Finn, like, almost like was going to be a pro skier, like wasn't sure like if he wanted to pursue skiing or biking and decided biking, think it was a good call. Good job, Finn. Um, but, uh, Jesse Melamed, um, like a bunch, you know, there's just like, they're just like recreational enjoyment skiers, but it's totally the exact opposite of me. You know, it's like, he's a ripping good skier and, you know, but amazing biker and pro biker. And it's this nice polar. So I feel like there's, 
more and more, I think biking is, is maybe, um, has been kind of growing maybe more so than, than the winter sports have been, um, in some ways, but, um, I think it kind of goes hand in hand, like the last 10 years, you know, the gear on both ends has been getting so sick, the gear for touring. Um, now the accessibility is, is grown for skiing and grown for biking. Like I was saying, like guys like me just wanted the downhill now pedal around all day. <laughs> so I like your term, you know, crossover athlete, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like maybe it seems to you like we have more crossover athletes today than previously, or is it just that somehow athletes are talking about the fact that they're doing both things more or, you know, like, is this, are we just seeing more kind of two sport athletes or are people just being a bit more vocal or more visible about it? Yeah, there's probably got to be a little bit of that. You know, there definitely is like a, a pretty great exposure with how our media is, is shared these days. Um, and, and I think, I mean, I really like back to what I said about kind of like the way the tech, you know, things have gotten good and you, you don't have to be like, well, I mean, just in the same way as like, you don't have to buy an $8,000 bike to have like a sick mountain bike. You don't have to have the top end stuff. You can buy, you know, the, the low grade stuff is so good still, you know? So I think, I think that like that kind of plays a part and, and same with like, it's like in the, 10 years ago, you had to be like hardcore to be ski touring kind of thing. And, and then, and then you had to like, if you were hardcore, you had to like either be super like lightweight, you know, kind of Ronda setup or like just be hammer on the like super heavy bindings that were like the first, you know, kind of mod bindings we we're using where you're just like, all you cared about was the way down, but you could hardly hike up because they were so heavy, you know? So I feel like that's kind of played a part. So I, th I think it's a little of both. We're seeing it more, but people are also just like, yeah, just, I, I think recreation and, and outdoor sports are just becoming like more and more pre you know, prevalent for people's like, like lifestyles. And, um, yeah, so I, it's, it's hard, but I, I feel like it's grown for sure. I just, the people that I, friends that I've seen, it's like just more and more friends, even in the last few years, friends who've gotten into biking. And it's like, like I said, the technology, like you could just get into biking a couple of years ago and you can get pretty good, pretty quick because the stuff works really well. And same with skis and snowboards. So I think that plays a part. I wanted to talk a little bit about your film Balance. Honestly, I guess my first question is, how often do you see Cam and or get to ride bikes with Cam? Well, <laughs> we've been hanging a lot this summer and he lives like 15 minutes from my house here. So yeah, he's just right down the street kind of, but he's pretty busy. I'm pretty busy. He has a family. I have a family. So it's definitely like kind of hard for us to align a little bit, but, um, we've this summer we've had, we've been on a tear. We've had, we've had a lot of good days from a bunch at the, you know, Mount bachelor bike park, kind of back to what I was saying about, you know, the, the kind of seasonal change of biking, like, 
eventually like batchy bike park was like oasis uh just being you know it's at it's from like six to nine thousand feet basically um and or 65 to nine whatever so you're you're definitely way higher than anything any other trails and come late july august it was like you know it's hot to ride anywhere um but up there up in the high country it was it was awesome so I'd see him a lot up there. There was a couple of bachelor events that went down. Um, and so I got to ride with him then and then, uh, had him a part of the film and we did two different sessions to film. We, we was pretty quick, really. We went out with him two days to, to film all that. And then we went to his house and, and filmed him playing music. So, uh, it was pretty quick, uh, shoot with him for sure. And I was psyched to, yeah, to kind of get what we did. The, the, the jump scene is just like the classic, like Ben jumps. Um, that's the slalom track, like right at like Phil's Fairhead. You know, it's like this, these, they've been filmed a million times, but, uh, we had like this crazy smoke going on this summer, um, you know, from the forest fires and we ended up going over during the middle of that. So there was kind of this crazy light. It was like one of the days when luckily it wasn't like super hazardous to breathe. Um, and we had like, and everyone had masks and stuff like cam had like a mask for like the ride up. And then, but it was, it was clear enough kind of to, uh, to be able to, to be able to do it. But, um, yeah, uh, got to shred with, you know, there and then on the big mountain, kind of like we rode some like scree fields. Some, those were like moto trails basically where we were riding that kind of big mountain stuff with him. Yeah. So it's it good to get to hang with Cam. He's definitely been a huge bike inspiration and, and now I've been, uh, known him and been kind of homies with him pretty much since I moved here from the last five years. So if you're out with Cam, is there any part of you that's kind of like watching a little bit, like trying to either pick up like, oh, that's how he's seeing this line or, oh, you know, that's what he's doing in terms of a specific technique thing? Or is it just like fun being out with one of the like, I don't know, most enthusiastic people on the planet? <laughs> yeah, it's, I'd say it's more probably just fun to be on the most yeah with him in, in his enthusiasm and we're pretty similar in that way like i'm a pretty stoked guy on the bike it's like if we're just riding trail it's like um i can relate to it you know and it's like fun to um it's you know like with any other person that you like to ride with that you're well matched it's super fun to follow and it's fun to lead you know it's fun to like you know be in front because i got some like skier moves that surprise the bikers sometimes and uh so cam you know so it's fun to like it's fun to be like okay cool i can like be on a level where i'm entertaining for cam to follow and he's clearly entertaining for me to follow. If it's just trail riding, once it gets to like jump level, then it's sort of like, um, like a different planet, like unrelatable, you know, like, I'm just like, uh, yeah. Like when we were at the, you know, he's just like, cool. I'm going to try to at least do some moves that have, you know, things like bar spin or, you know, what a tail whip to bar spin and then dump three to backy. Like just, yeah, just like, uh, what? And that's just like, so, unfathomable so it's like i'm not looking at those lines. like oh that's how you do a backy or a bar spin i'm just like uh-uh right so uh but yeah but on the trail i i feel a little better matched and and uh yeah and, and really enjoy riding with yeah just hanging with cam and the, the enthusiasm and, and we uh 
we had an epic day at Oak Ridge. We went and shot some photos um, for, uh, I think it was maybe for Freehub. Um, and so we had like a day over shooting photos over in Oak Ridge. To, yeah. So we had a, like a bunch of days riding together this summer. So it was, yeah, it was probably our, our best like kind of shred session. That's awesome. I wanted to ask if there are any things that you are specifically interested in or have kind of pinpointed in terms of your own sort of attempt to get better at on a bike, you know, and, and I mean, I could ask the same question about skiing, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, for me, definitely like, I kind of like what you said back. It's like, what do I like more? It's like, in biking, it's like, there's way more things that I'm like still getting better at. And in skiing, not that I couldn't get better. It's just, I'm not that I'm not like, I'm so good that I couldn't get better. It's just that I'm, I just, the, the things that I care about getting better at in skiing are less, you know, it's like, I don't care about learning to do a dub 12, 60 flip thing. I could, that would make me better. I'm but I don't care. It's biking, you know, I'm not trying to do a backflip either, but, um, there's still a, yeah, there's a, I don't have, it's not a dub 12. It's not even a backflip. It's just riding trails. <laughs> I think for biking, what I'm like super into right now, like kind of when I was talking about man is breaking or lack thereof. And just like, uh, it's so fun to like, to work on cornering. I've liked turns. I jumping was easy to get into riding down in Southern Utah was easy to get into, you know, riding downhill is easy to get into. It's like the, the riding turns has been what's like gotten me, you know, more and more lately. And, um, and that thought isn't necessarily like berms. I'm not, saying burn but just like all the turns all the types of turns the square ones the crappy ones the good ones the rocky ones the, the fast ones and <laughs> and i think so the biggest thing that i mean it's it's just the simplest stuff but like a year ago maybe a little over a year ago adam was just like yeah you know just don't pull your brakes in the corners and it was like yeah, duh. You don't break in the corner, but you're riding your bike and you're just like, oh yeah, I'm breaking in this corner and I'm breaking in this corner and I'm breaking in this corner and I didn't even start breaking until the corner. And you don't really think about it. Sometimes our brakes work really good. You don't have to use them very hard and they do something. So you can kind of like be on them like a lot and, but not really that hard. And they're kind of just, yeah, anyway. So I started to like think about it more and try to use, utilize that more. And that's just been the thing that's helped me the most and got getting, you know, I'm just, uh, I've been really loving the kind of mental side of, of cornering. And then, then therefore of like when and how, and sometimes you mess them up and I started getting really into it and I would just get this like where I would just like break and then let off. And then I just go right to death grip and just be like, I'm committed. Like, here we go. And like, Oh no. And like had it not go well a few times, you know, but I kind of liked that, like just commitment. Like I was like, I didn't have a chance to break again. Like I just like let off and like grabbed on full bars. Like I was in the zone <laughs> and then I washed out and crashed. 
<laughs> run it and i ran down the trail for 50 feet while my bike tomahawked no <laughs> no so I, and the it's it's just i mean i was thinking about it today when i was on the trail and it was like so fun there's like one corner and that's like it's a little bit loose it's kind of flat there's not a lot to it and i would just like break 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 and then just like let off and just and you're like whoa no way that worked like, holy cow, I just rolled through that corner. I didn't, like, break the surface loose. I didn't, like, lose it. Maybe I was going a little slower in, but that's the whole point. Like, so break in or not breaking in the corners. Do you think there's any mountain biker out there? By the way, I love that entire answer. <laughs> is there any mountain biker out there who is like, yeah, no, I totally just have corners on lock? Because... <laughs> I, is this just the thing that till we die, we'll all be like, God, I just need to get better at cornering? I don't know. I mean, maybe there's a bunch of incredible cornerers out yeah. there. Well, I think, yeah, I think that, yeah, there's definitely like an, the echelon of people that are probably way better at it than us. But uh. <laughs> but is anybody just like, no, that's actually my thing on a bike is I, you know, if we had to grade ourselves on all these different aspects, they're like, I'm a 100 out of 100 corner. <laughs> it seems like the hard because it's like always a gamble, right? I don't know if you're trying to go fast, if you're just like, or like, don't not even trying, like, I'm not like a racer, but I just like to go fast. And it's like, it's the gamble of like, how much do you pull? And when do you let off? And do you, if you pull, you know, it's like, when do you like, when do you nail that corner? Like how, you know, you probably have to break before it somehow. I mean, and so it's just like, and then the, like we were saying, the conditions change in. And so it's just like, did you pull a little too hard? Did you break a little too much? Did you not break enough? And now you're just like flying in the corner and you're blasting through it or whatever. So I think the variables are so much on, on cornering. It makes it tricky that you're, you're always just gambling a little bit of how much you're, how much you're willing to like push into that corner. You know, <laughs> I think that's what makes it so hard and therefore maybe hard to be batting a hundred on. But, uh, yeah, I think the, like, thinking about it and just making it more just uh more routine like of yeah of just kind of like the way you're reading the trail and the way you're it's it's like a little more proactive than reactive kind of you know and so i think the more you just kind of practice that like proactive sort of like setting up the better you get it you know, the more your consistency maybe you know kind of goes up yeah, I think so. What form of biking are you currently enjoying watching the most, right? Of all the different kind of disciplines or events, contests, et cetera, do you have like a clear favorite? I mean, I, probably downhill. Yeah, but I definitely love, I mean, I wish I could see more enduro riding. I love like the, you know, the raw, you know, there's, with the sweet thing about social media is you kind of, if you, you can piece together a lot of kind of like raw stuff from the enduro stuff, because it's pretty cool to see what those guys are doing because it is like a little bit less on the edge, you know, downhill racing is, is you're, everyone's pretty much like hanging it out to dry or you're, you're not really a contender. Not that it, the enduro isn't, but it's just like, the nature of the enduro is like almost you have to keep everything a hair more in check to just make it through the day. 
you have to survive the day. <laughs> and so I think with it and the trails are just, there's more jank, there's more weird, it's more relatable trails maybe too. Um, so I wish I could see more of that. I wish we had like whatever more GoPro, even if it was GoPro coverage of like enduro races, I would eat that up for sure. But I watch all the like cross country stuff too you know on the world cup side of things it's like i just i like the action i like it when it's just like when there's some some drama and stuff it's fun so i I watch all the cross country stuff and and like truthfully it's like the women's cross country stuff is often more like exciting um in the last few years the men's cross country stuff has been pretty darn exciting as well but it's you know when it just like someone gets ahead and it just seems unlikely that they're ever going to not be in the front it's less exciting but the new format of kind of cross-country racing the way that's like the loops and the kind of like station you know the like one station for for aid and stuff it's it's pretty cool and it seems like it's made it better for for the on, you know, in-person viewing, because you can watch cross-country race instead of before you had to just like, you'd see some people fly by and that was it. So, um, yeah. So, but yeah, the downhill stuff, I think just being, I mean, yeah, the excitement of it all, it's, it's fun stuff. So, you know, I had cam was on this podcast maybe a couple months ago and I felt like, man, this is a really good person to ask, to put this question to, but I asked him, of all the different disciplines, you know, where people are out on a bike, what do you think is the most underappreciated? Like in terms of difficulty, the actual difficulty versus what people are actually appreciating, you know, understanding about that. And he was like, DH, no question. And I thought that was interesting. I wasn't I didn't know that was going to be the like no question, absolutely DH. And I, I thought that he might want to make more of a case for slope style or something. And and uh, it was really interesting getting a guy that's that well rounded as a rider just being like those folks on a DH bike on a DH course. Not enough people maybe appreciate what what those men and women are doing out there yeah yeah i mean yeah totally yeah it's crazy it's crazy just the level and just the like the yeah it just i mean when you watch it you're just like wow you like start to look at like how close everybody is how close the top 10 is how close the how how the the rider that didn't even qualify how sick the 61st racer that didn't even make it into the finals is, you know, you're just like, uh, the level is so high and there's such a big field. I think that maybe is in the, you know, maybe in the freestyle stuff, it's like, if you're a slope guy, you might not be like, the big you know the biggest name slope guy but you can kind of still like carve a niche for yourself because there's youtube videos or stuff that you can do that is like still putting out there and i think that a lot of those guys are underappreciated it's crazy like when you know i yeah i'm diehard fan of all the stuff so i watch all the slope comps i know it's like you're watching like Jakob Benzel that you're like this dude like basically has no sponsors like how does this guy have like only like a handful of sponsors and you don't even know at what level and he's like 
in this like super gnar comp doing the insane tricks. And, um, I mean, yeah, those, but anyway, there, I feel like there's a smaller pool maybe of people that are at that level. Whereas like in DH, like it's a pretty, it's, there's a lot of people that are really, really fast and really good riders. And, and unless you're maybe at that top level, you're not really getting noticed. So that's, that's maybe kind of cams sort of, thought or at least that's kind of where i go go there um but uh yeah i, I think it yeah it's kind of it's hard to say maybe yeah like i said there's definitely dudes in slope that are just like you're like man it, it's kind of similar to park skiing man you know it's like or the whole skiing scene right it's like um uh, it, there's park skiers that are definitely making some cash but there's a bunch of them that are like maybe spot you know olympians who are having a hard time getting sponsors a couple of years later um because like the freestyle scene it's probably similar to it's like how many slope bikes are sold how many people like does that relate to and do that it's like some that inspires so many people it's such a cool aspect of the sport um and park skiing it's kind of similar there's a lot of young park skiers but are they really like supporting the ski industry that much like and you know how many it's like you look at the numbers of park skis versus like all mountain skis versus like that country touring stuff it's like that country touring stuff is huge and but that doesn't diminish like how important those aspects to the sport are or how rad those athletes that are doing are you know and so it's yeah it's I, there's definitely again back to the parallels it's it's kind of has some similarities you, racing has a huge pool and unless you're the top dogs no one's heard of you and um i don't really watch much ski racing um mostly maybe because it's not on red bull tv or whatever i don't even know how to watch ski racing but i definitely watch all the world cup biking and i probably would get into the world cup racing if i watched more of it but like living in Europe when, or when I've been to Europe and you get to see that stuff, it's so awesome watching the world cup races and just like having it accessible, but we just don't in the U S really. So it's kind of a bummer. We should work on this. Yeah. We, gotta, we, we gotta get, <laughs> I think if you're, I get you gotta pay for like some TV subscription or something. I don't know how you do it, but <laughs> there's gotta be a way. I mean, Michaela Schifrin, like, come on, like she's like <laughs> mega star. Like, people are watching people yeah maybe just you and i need to figure this I out and everybody else already out. has yeah, yeah okay <laughs> um hey man this is really fun i'm glad we had our our first conversation about bikes i think there's gonna be a lot of folks out there are gonna be glad to uh hear you on tape talking a bit more about these two fantastic activities a couple last things in terms of you know if people want to see you both ski and ride bikes there is this film the latest one balance uh is there a best place for people to go to check balance out um, it's on YouTube. Um, we released it through Freehub's YouTube player, so you can find it there. It's also on uh, TGR TV. They have like an they have an app with a bunch of it's free content on TGR TV, and I think it's on Vimeo as well. So yeah, any of those places, but the Freehub place is a great great landing page. Um, and yeah, I think if you just search for balance balance ski bike something like that, it'll pop up. But uh, yeah, that be psyched if anyone's listening to uh hasn't seen it to check it out and i'm real excited to get to hang and chat with you today thanks for uh yeah like i said in the beginning i love talking bikes and um i love talking skis too and and uh (laughs) 
it's really exciting to be able to, yeah, to combine the two in, in both uh, the ways of making films and continuing that kind of inspiration and the people out there that are clearly doing both of these sports or, you know, snow and snow and bike sports. And uh, it's great to be able to chat about both as well. So thanks for the opportunity here. Yeah, man, of course. Listen, I'm going to let you get back to your evening, but I uh, hope to talk to you again real soon. Sounds great, man. Thanks so much. Well, that's it for this edition of Bikes and Big Ideas. Thanks to Sage for the conversation. Thanks to Survivor for presenting this episode. And so be sure to check out the links to the Survivor Endurance case in the show notes to this episode. I also want to say thanks to Taylor Ahern for producing this episode. And of course, thanks to you for listening. From all of us here in Gunnison and Crested Butte, Please take good care of yourself and everybody else, and we will talk to you again real soon.